Hey friends, it's Jay. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Things I Should Have Said. Hey, I'm a pastor and today I didn't have to give a message. So typically we record this podcast right after I get off of stage and we deconstruct the sermon and I get a chance to say all the things I should have said and take back some of the things that I did say. But today I got a break and it is Super Bowl Sunday. And so we partner with a couple other churches and with a production team to put on Football Sunday where we get a chance to hear from NFL players that are actually going to be playing in the Super Bowl. And they talk about how their faith has impacted them both on the field and off the field. And it's actually really good. Uh, I was uh, a little worried when we first started doing this that it uh, wouldn't have much substance to it. But although they do talk about football today, we talked about things like infertility and miscarriages, uh, marriage, uh, dealing with major letdown, overcoming odds, all sorts of really, really good stuff. So it was a good Sunday. If you'd like to, you can go to football sunday.com if you want to uh, watch the entire uh, production. Uh, But this gives me a chance to now come back and wrap up the series that we just finished at Friends Church called How God Guides Us. It was a great series, but looking back, there's a few things I should have said, and there's a few things that I wish we didn't say or said it a little differently, and so I want to get into that. But before I get into that, uh, I got to let you know that this past week was a great week for me, um, but also a nerve-wracking week for me. Uh, We launched my website, jhewitt.org, and to date, this has been the most vulnerable, insecure, nerve-wracking thing that I've ever done. So I got to let you know about me. I didn't grow up in a religious home, and I grew up thinking that Christians were dorks. They weren't cool in my mind, and so when I became a Christian in high school, One of the things that went into my decision is I had to sacrifice any uh, chance of being cool on the altar for Jesus, because I just knew that once I started following Jesus, I just wasn't going to be as popular as I was. I wasn't going to be as cool, have as much fun, whatever. That was my introduction to Christianity. And then I got into Christianity, and I realized there was this whole subculture Uh, Christian subculture where there were like people that were like super cool to other Christians, but to the rest of the world, they weren't cool. But I never knew that there were Christian celebrities. And I always thought that that was just an oxymoron. And so going into ministry myself, again, when I became a Christian, I knew that I was uh, sacrificing any chance of being cool uh, to follow Jesus. And then when I went into uh, ministry, I knew that I was really sacrificing the chance to be successful on that altar. Because what I've noticed over time is just like popularity in high school drives us, uh, it just changes into our adult life into success. But it's the same thing. Uh, It's the same sorts of feeling and the same sort of uh, chase and pursuit. And I remember when I was going into ministry, my dad, he was like, uh, Jay, are you, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, and he was looking at me. I graduated high school with you know over a 4.0. I had opportunities to go to some pretty good schools, and I chose to go to a small Christian college to go into ministry, which uh, wouldn't pay very much. And so he tried to talk me out of it, but I felt the call of God on my life, and so um, that was fine. So all that to say... 
Now here I am this week launching a website that is literally titled jhewitt.org. And there's a part of me that my skin crawls to think that somebody would think that I'm trying to become a Christian celebrity, uh, that I'm trying to... uh, I don't know, be hip or be now or whatever. I I was just so super insecure to launch this website. But at the same time, it reminded me of when we planted our church. The the same sorts of feelings where uh, I, I was very vulnerable in the fact that I was gonna try something new, I was gonna invite people in, and there was this sense of thinking, who's gonna come to this church? And if they come, who's actually gonna come back? And then we opened the doors and we invited everybody that we knew in, and I was a nervous wreck and people came. And then they came back, and it humbly blew my mind, and then I realized, like, oh gosh, it's so, it has nothing to do with me. Jesus is literally pursuing every person in the world right now. He is at some different level interacting with people and trying to draw them to himself. So, of course, if uh, Jesus followers are just willing to uh, step out and go outside of our comfort zones and invite people in to pursue Jesus with us, uh, of course people are gonna respond to that because Jesus is the one pursuing them. And they're uh, just needing somebody to reach out and say, hey, let's do this together. And that's really the heart behind this podcast, my videos that I'm creating, the blog, this website where it's all hosted. Uh, I want to reach out to people and ask them, do you want to come pursue Jesus with me? Because we planted this church and it has been phenomenal how many people have joined us in this, have uh, come to know Jesus for the first time because of this ministry. And yet, even as we open the doors to our church, I know there are so many people that just aren't interested in coming to church right now, but are interested in spiritual things. And so I thought, well, uh, I'm going to keep doing this local church thing. That's my, that's my calling. I'm going to keep working out that calling. I'm going to be a local church pastor, but why not open myself up, get outside my comfort zone and put the invitation out in other ways. Instead of inviting people to come to church, let's just, let's just talk. Can I invite you into a conversation? And so, uh, although there is a part of me so worried what other people were going to think, I thought, you know what? I feel like Jesus is leading me here. I feel like I need to follow him as he leads me. And so I put together a team of people that helped me put this all together. And once we had all the content created and we were ready to go, we said, all right, February 1st is our launch date. And so we launched jhewitt.org this week. And when the website went live and I turned my social media account from just a personal account, like I've, you know, I'd always just post random pictures of my daughter and my wife and, you know, what we were doing to be a very purposeful, branded uh, social media. I thought, man, how many people are going to see this and think, who does this guy think he is? And yet, I also felt like Jesus was leading me in this way, and so I couldn't not follow. And so when everything went live, there was this feeling of, well, there's no turning back now. Uh, Here we go, and let's figure out if this is really where Jesus is leading. Because we, we hear the voice of God in our life, or we think we do, but it's tough to really know, is that God leading me or is this my own idea? And that's why I wanted to go back and revisit uh, our series, How God Guides Us. We just wrapped it up last week. 
And there's a few things that I think are still left unsaid, some things I should have said or things that I should take back. Uh, I want to go back to Romans 8.28. This is a verse that we use multiple times throughout this series, and uh, it talks about how God uses uh, all things for our good. Romans 8.28 tells us that we know that in all things God works for the good of those that love him, that been called according to his purpose, who have been uh, predestined to be conformed into the likeness of his son. That's a big verse, because what that verse tells us is that uh, no matter where we go in life, uh, God is always working behind the scenes and uses all things for our good. And that is a very misunderstood verse, because some people read that and they jump to the conclusion that God causes all things for our good. So they uh, can easily think that God causes evil because he's got some master plan uh, for good. Like God causes us to be harmed so that we can actually uh, have good come to us. But that's not what that verse says. The verse recognizes that there's evil in this world, that we are subjected to evil and hardships and struggles. And yet God is amazingly good at taking those evil harsh things and transforming them to be good for us. Uh, And then it goes further to tell us what that good looks like, that it's not just uh, so that we have everything that we want, but instead he uses it to conform us into the likeness of his son, Jesus. And so God has got this way of whatever evil comes by us, he can take it, transform it, and use it to make us look more like his son, Jesus Christ, in character, heart, perspective, things like that. And so uh, I've just seen a lot of people who are going through a hard time and they ask the question, what is God trying to teach me? And I get that. I get that question, but it almost, it almost reeks as if God is making them go through this really terrible time, uh, of, through a lot of pain, um, to teach them a lesson. And that's so close and yet a little off. It's they're going through a really terrible time. And so God is going to teach them things through that so that they can become stronger. But I think if we think that God is causing it, then, then we, uh, have a mistrust of God. Because if we think he's causing this, and then we start to doubt, is he, is he actually good? Does he actually care? Or is he just trying to uh, manipulate me to be a certain way? So anyway, I just want to clear up Romans 8.28 is not saying that God causes evil for our good, but that he transforms evil uh, for our good. And then in this series, we also talked about uh, how we can misunderstand God's voice. That it's something we need to learn how to decipher the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we talked about things like, hey, God never runs out of options. And so just recalibrate and continue to follow Jesus and know that he'll get you to where you need to be. We talked about how just because we're not in the place that we would prefer doesn't mean that Jesus isn't leading us and guiding us through those times. Because oftentimes we go from green pasture to green pasture, but before we get from one pasture to the other, we've got to walk through that valley of the shadow of, of death. So we talked about these things, but I had a guest come in and speak, and he was, he was really trying to teach us how to discern the voice of God, how to know that it's the voice of God and not just our own thoughts in our head. And one of the things that he said is that you've just got to learn by testing, by trying. You get it wrong sometimes, and that 
teaches you how to get it right the other times. And there is truth in what he is saying. And yet, uh, as I listened back to the message, my brain went right back to a moment when I was just out of college that uh, was heavy. And I thought, whoa, I think I think we need to guide people a little more in how to discern God's voice because it can have some really, really terrible um, consequences when we do get uh, that leading incorrect and when we misunderstand what God is trying to say to us. So let me tell you what happened uh, just out of college. One of my good friends uh, graduated college with me and she was in a grocery store and she met a guy in a grocery store and she felt like the spirit of God said to her, you're supposed to marry this man. And so she went up to him and she told him, I feel like God just told me that we're supposed to get married. And he said, that's exactly what God just told me. And so they didn't go run to Vegas that day, but in a very short amount of time, they got married. And you know, it's, it's so interesting because I've had multiple friends do this. I had another friend, she felt like she was on a first date with a guy and she felt that God told her that uh, this was the man that she was supposed to marry. And so she told him, I feel like God is telling me that we're gonna get married. And he never called her back. No second date. That was the end of that because God was not telling him that same thing. Then I think about my best friend in high school. Almost same exact story. He, his mom and dad were in a grocery store and they both felt like the Lord was telling them that they were supposed to be together. And so uh, he asked her out and they developed a relationship, got married. They've been married for 30 years now and have a great marriage. So, uh, all that to say, when my friend told me this before getting married in that very short window, I said, "Whoa, that's pretty intense. I don't, I don't know. I think you might want to, I think you might want to hold off uh, because I think it takes some time to test God's vision." And th- I think that's what I would want that guest teacher to have said. We don't just test the discernment of the Holy Spirit in our life by jumping into whatever we think he might be telling us to do, but we test it with time. Give it some time to play itself out. And if it truly is a vision from God, a word from God, direction from God, if the Holy Spirit is saying something very specific to you that's beyond uh, just the character development that we talked about during this whole series, how God guides us, if he's leading you to do something specific, let time test it. And in a month or a year or two years, whatever the timetable need be, if that vision is still just as strong, then I think it's worth stepping out and moving forward on, but maybe not just jumping right into it. Because this is what happened with my friend. So she tells this guy, hey, I think we should get married. I think God is saying that we should get married. He says, yeah, that's what God's telling me too. They get married within a month. Uh, He is from another country. And so right after they get married in the States, they fly back to the other country and he immediately takes her passport. And then she's stuck and she finds herself in an abusive relationship with really weird religious undertones where they're going to a church and she seeks out the pastor for help. And the pastor says, it's a sin to get divorced. You need to learn your place in this marriage and you need to figure out how to make it work. All along the way, 
the abuse is getting worse and more. And now she starts to fear for her life, but she can't get away and get back to her family because this guy has cut all communication off and has her passport. So what she ended up doing is when things got really scary, he went to work, she was supposed to go to work. Instead of going to work, she went to the airport with no passport. And she went to the front desk to buy a ticket. She bought uh, the ticket and then uh, going to the gate, she found uh, a worker who took sympathy on her and she just leveled with her and said, listen, I'm in an abusive relationship. Uh, I'm being held against my will and I don't have a passport, but I need to get to safety. And the woman looked at her and said, the same thing happened to me and I'm going to help you. And so against all sorts of uh, airport regulations, and this was a big risk, uh, the uh, employee helped my friend get on the plane, get home, back to her family, and get away from her husband. Once she was back in the States, she was able to take some legal action to get the divorce. And you can imagine the emotional um, healing that she had to go through was pretty intense. But... Like Romans 8.28 says, that evil that she experienced, God used it, rebuilt her, healed her. She is such a woman of wisdom now, and God has the ability to take evil and transform it into good. She is now remarried to an amazing guy, has a couple kids, and they're super cute, and she is um, really succeeding in life right now and living, I guess you could say, a, you know, a blessed life, a good life. Um, but misunderstanding God's voice in her life led to a lot of hardships. And I want my church and the people that I'm connecting with right now just to to have this little nugget that if you feel like God is calling you to do something extreme, test it with time. Don't test it with action. Just wait on it for a little bit. And then as we said in the series, make sure that you're running it by wise people that are known for their wisdom. Make sure you're running it by multiple people so that you get to see the theme come together if people are are able to agree upon and find the wisdom of God. And make sure you're not just going to as many people as you can until you find one person that will tell you the things that you want to hear, right? These are, these are really important pieces on deciphering the voice of God in your life. I find myself in that place as well. So I just launched this website, jhewitt.org. We just went live, no turning back. I had felt like God had led me in this route. I feel like I'm following Jesus in this way. But once we went live, there was this feeling of like, I hope, I hope I got his voice right. Now, I have surrounded myself with a team of people, with an advisory team to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. I have got pastoral um, support as well. Uh, somebody that uh, isn't a pastor on staff anymore. He's a professor, but he's kind of my own personal pastor. Went to him for guidance and everybody's saying, yes, Jay, uh, this story of God's healing in your life, you need to allow it to move you out beyond the four walls of the church. Start reaching out to people that maybe have walked away from the church, but not their faith. People that are seeking spiritual things but aren't willing to come into a church quite yet. Yes, go. It took us about a year to build everything up, got a chance to test it with time. And even so, when it went live, there was this feeling of like, oh man, I hope this is where Jesus is leading. And then all of a sudden, 
I started getting text messages, responses back on my social and emails. A lot of them were just support from friends, which I'm so thankful that I have support, supporting friends that send me encouraging notes. They make fun of me a little bit, uh, but also just tell me that they're proud of me and hey, this is awesome, this is great stuff. So thank you for that, that was helpful. But even that didn't quite answer the question, like is this really where God's leading? And then I started to get new emails from jhewitt.org from people that I've never met before. Or maybe I had a loose association with way long time ago. There's no way that they would come into my church, but we've stayed connected somehow. I, I started to get these emails and they started referencing the content on my on my website. There was one email that said, my mountains. And this woman references the first video that I ever made uh, talking about how God has the strength to move mountains or he'll give us his strength to climb mountains. And she just wrote out all of these mountains that are in her life right now. And she said at the end of it, please be praying for me. Your video was exactly what I needed to hear today. Thank you. And then I got another email about my video on kindness. And uh, this person just said, this is a beautiful message that needs to be out in the world. Thank you for that. Then I got another email from a a guy who's got a 24-year-old daughter. And he said he overheard her looking at my content, talking to a friend saying, I can't wait to share this with with my friends because this is such a non-preachy way to encourage them to pursue Jesus. And uh, that just, when I started to read those kind of emails, I realized this is it. This is what Jesus is calling me into, to help people, to serve people, to reach out and try and connect with them. I have no idea where this is going to lead. I don't know where Jesus is going to lead me in all of this or where this is going to go. But I do know from launching, I went from being very insecure to once I started getting those authentic emails from people that are being encouraged, I realized this is worth it. This is worth it. This is right. This is the right next step. Even if it ended tomorrow, all of this work to be able to reach the people that we reached on this day, I would say, man, that is worthwhile following Jesus. And now I'm looking forward to going the extra mile and seeing where this goes from here and what it becomes. Uh, But I'm very grateful that Jesus continues to inspire me, to lead me to new places, to take me to places that are scary and uncomfortable, uh, because I have found that when he takes me to those places and when I have good wisdom around me guiding me, then I get to be a part of really meaningful, significant things. And so I want to say thank you to you for being a part of this. Thank you for going on this journey with me. And I hope to continue to help you in any way possible by creating content that meets you right where you're at and helps point you to Jesus, the guy who can get you where you need to go. If you'd like this episode, please help me out by leaving a review on iTunes and subscribing to this podcast and tune in every other week. Also, check out my YouTube channel for weekly inspiration to become fully alive. Stay in touch and follow me on Instagram or come visit me in person at my church. And if you'd like to hear the sermon we deconstructed today, go to friends.church. Well, there it is, the things I should have said. I'm going to need to do this again next week. Count on it.